Hey, Sloth Fed Radio, Season 1, Episode 5. This is Adrian. Battlestar Galactica. Composition by Giorgio Moroder from, uh, from Italy. Crazy Italian dude, basically, and then the book though. Sort of had a vague plan to bring in guitar rock and guitar solos that we that were you know inspirational or something. So, as far as inspirational guitar solos, well, this is sort of a vocal solo and a guitar solo, very inspirational and very inspired. It's almost, in fact, in the words of Paul S- Stanley, <laughs> the guy who's who's uh, <laughs> about to preach to us here, um, is a. Uh, this is like a sermon. What did Paul Stanley say about it? He said it's like a uh, uh, evangelical or something like that. Okay. Well, that Paul is, Stanley is the word. Yeah, but this is not Paul Stanley. He's the one who said that about this. This is Steve Marriott from Humble Pie, from the album that everybody knows, Rocking the Fillmore. Um, and Steve Marriott liked to to do this, just sort of, sort of preach or not, just sort of. Uh, What's the word for it? Pontificate or something? <laughs> Proselytize. <laughs> no, really. To like, to like, uh, sort of sing his his banter in between uh, songs. And I don't know, you know, it's sort of a call and response thing, this song. And I don't know if it's Peter Frampton. I know Peter Frampton is on this record, but I don't know if he is playing the guitar solos in response to Marriott's, you know. Um, preaching here or whatever uh. or it's Steve or we're going to find out well, we're not going to find out because we don't know maybe somebody knows so that's Are You Ready by Humble Pie and then we're going to play some Uli Roth after that so let's get the needle in the groove here
Guitar solo is incredible. I mean, these are the guitars. These are songs were, you know, great guitar solos. And Humble Pie was, uh, they said, from Rockin' the Fillmore, Are You Ready? Which is Willie Dixon. It says words by Willie Dixon. Yeah, it's a classic blues. It's well, a classic blues yeah, you notice it says music by Humble Pie, though. It says Humble Pie, words by Willie Dixon, because they mutated the music so much, of course. Yeah, that it's not it, that even it's the not original anything. riff. You can't even tell. Yeah, you can't really say it's Willie, but the words are by Willie Dixon. So, But... Uh, man, looking at the record cover, rocking the Fillmore, you can see why Steve Marriott, well, you know, <laughs> I mean, by, uh, excuse me, um, Peter Frampton was playing guitar on that, and he is so young and looks like, I mean, you know, Goldilocks, pretty boy from the 70s, that he became right after this record, actually. He put out uh, some solo uh, records of his own. He left Humble Pie, and they didn't go anywhere because this, this album came out in, like, 70 what two or something i'm not sure but um so frampton left the band and started putting out solo stuff and it went nowhere and came so, alive well no exactly he that's exactly what happened he decided well the greatest success i've had was with humble pie and their most successful album was a live album the one you just heard rocking the fillmore and so he was like i guess i'll put a live album out and peter frampton who is basically nobody at that point in like the mid seventies, I guess that one was when is do you know when Frampton comes yeah, alive? Is it seventy six? Yeah, that was, that was, I wouldn't say more like seventy eight, something like that. I don't know. I think it was more I like seventy six. I'm not sure. I don't okay. really know for sure. Whatever it was, you know, he goes to Winterland and does this concert, and people, I guess, knew him well enough. But he's just this obscure guy from Humble, Humble Pie. He puts out Frampton Comes Alive, and it's like the biggest album of the rock album of the seventies out of nowhere, totally insane. The only thing you can you can really explain it with is looking at this record. 
he, he's a pretty boy. He's young. You know, he looks he looks like you know pretty boy Goldilocks guy. And then you have Steve Marriott, who's twice as talented, easily better singer, way better guitar player, and better songwriter. And uh, but he looks like some little munchkin beefcake guy or something. He's got like this. <laughs> he looks like a Marlboro man, but but like three sizes yeah. smaller. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> so it didn't really work out for him. It kind of sucks because he was so great. But um, and then I met, I met Peter Frampton once at the uh, Nam show. You met him at the Nam show. I met the was Nam he show bald then yet, ago. or did he still have his hair? Uh, no, he didn't have his hair. This was uh, probably mid nineties, I guess. Yeah. And he was just doing uh, for one of his sponsors. He was doing a personal appearance, and he had a harmonica. He had his Les Paul. The talk box. And he was yeah. He had a talk <laughs> box, and he had like this little amp. And he sat there for 45 minutes and just soloed and sang songs, like, just nonstop. Yeah. It was really good, Did anybody man. know who he was who didn't see that his name was Peter? Because he, he doesn't look anything like... Right, know. right. It wasn't he could that walk many down the street there. and do whatever he wants, and there no one not, would be like, Peter There's not Frampton. that many people there. But, yeah, that's... Okay, well, I personally... Uh, Frampton Comes Alive is definitely not my uh, favorite record. Um, I don't even I'll think I have that anymore. I, <laughs> I sold it at a flea market. <laughs> I can't stand it. I went through a phase where I was selling records. But uh, but that Uli record, um, the uh, Firewind. Yeah, who was the producer on that? Yeah, yeah <laughs> it's on the Brain album, Brain Records <laughs> label. It doesn't really say because funny thing, it's in the wrong uh, jacket. Yeah, so I got that, and well, anyway, the solo is incredible on that song. But uh, it's amazing when you listen to this record. What the vocals? I mean, let's face it. Cast away your chains. Why? I mean, I'm not gonna. You know, I'm not gonna sit here and be like he's the greatest singer. First time when I first heard that, I was literally I was on the floor rolling around, <laughs> cracking up. I was because I couldn't believe it. Like he's an incredible guitar player. His vocals are unbelievable. Yeah, I couldn't and believe he, it when I first heard that stuff. No, it, it's. Uh, just choking the whole time and we you know we we just during while we were playing we were looking for the name of the producer well not surprisingly there is not a producer listed on yeah, that record produce, produced by Uli. because anybody who would be the engineer must have been like oh my god what's this guy doing you know i mean <laughs> afraid to say anything but or, or something i don't know or yeah what the thing is i would like to hear the outtakes for that oh vocal god. performance <laughs> I didn't hear any of that stuff until okay. after I went and saw Uli, like, I don't know, many Oh, you years never ago. heard that before? No, you, no. Uh, I just, I, I was like, oh, man, you know, Uli from Scorpions, I'm going to go see that, you know? And he was, like, playing in Concord or something. Oh, you know, I went to that show. Yeah, yeah, yeah we and, went to that uh, And I was like, rad. And then, um, I don't know. I you heard him sing? I yeah. bought one of the CDs and I downloaded some. It was an amazing show, but yeah. when I went a couple days later and I, you know, downloaded some of the music and stuff, and I was like, yeah. oh, man. Like, really? This is the solo stuff? Yeah, I mean, like, it's, it, everything about the songs are great. They're written well. Those solos are incredible. It's just that singing is like, man, he, he uh, again, if if he sat there and went over and over and over to get the best take he could, and that's what we're hearing, <laughs> I'd love to hear the outtakes. I know, right? Still, I love those records. They're really, I mean, he's he's something else. He's a, They're he's fun a, to he's listen a, to, man, a, but it's not something I'm going to reach for all the really? time. Really? I listen to it. I listen to that record quite a bit. Do you really? I have. Yeah, I, oh, l- wow. I love it. It's just, you know, his vocals are crazy, but I mean, there's no one else like him. Yeah, sure. You know, there is no one else like Nothing. Uli. No one and when I, when I met him, I met Uli Roth in Concord the next time he played. I saw him play once. I didn't mean the next time I met him. And my friend Andrew was yeah, asking was him there. for advice. Oh, yeah, you, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And that's when he went, you know, because there weren't as many people at that show, yeah. and Uli was signing things, and 
And we went up to him, but I didn't say anything at first. Andrew was like, "I was just watching." You I guys. want your advice for this and that. And he he, he thought he he worships Uli. He thinks totally. that Uli is like the ultimate god, you know, uh, which in a way he is. But he, he's like, I have to ask him for advice about what to do with my life. And he, I'm like, "What?" And he is kind of a, a mystical, magical, mystical man like that. So yeah, he's like, "Uli, I'm this, and I've got this problem. I've got that problem. What am I going to do?" And I just remember Uli looked at him, and he goes, he goes. First, first thing he said, because he didn't hear what he said, was very ger- German, you know, because he thinks he's going to be like Jimi Hendrix or something. And then he, he goes, he just turns around from signing something, and he goes, uh, what is the question? And he's like, well, and he reiterates the whole thing. Oh, I got this problem, I got that problem. And he goes, and then completely in a different tone, Uli goes, relax your mind. Like, I <laughs> like totally remember that, man. <laughs> And I was like, oh, man, that's awesome. And that, and that was that was it. Then I asked him some question about, like, you know, in trance or something. But I don't remember I if I said Relax anything to your him. Mind. But I remember being, and that was when uh, yeah. uh, uh, Francis Buckholz was playing bass. Yeah, he was. Yeah. <coughs> that was After cool, After he man. got kicked out of the Scorpions for cooking the books or whatever. Doing Who the, knows, yeah, man. Oh, that's what, ha- well, that's what he got kicked out Who for. knows? Anyway. Well, anyways, here we are. What's next? Um, yeah. Episode five, Sloth Egg Radio, uh, just happens to fall on 420 of uh, of 2020. So uh, we're gonna. So, so do you're some playing. I'm playing my favorite guitar solos, and you're playing like you know. I'm playing like, like pop music or my or version of Stoner Rock. Smoke it up, man. Stoner Rock music. Yeah, yeah some Pink Floyd. She's often inclined to borrow somebody's dreams till tomorrow.
some rush for you there um definitely a uh, 420 theme going on that one this is off of the uh, recent remaster of the 2112 album it's the uh, collectible edition on anthem records with the laser etching on the uh, run out it's pretty cool showing mike yeah. and uh, before that we had c emily play from Pink Floyd off of Relics compilation. Well, it was off of Relics. It was the compilation that we heard. Here, this is still on. 
Oh, there you go. There's no, some, actually, yeah. Oh, there's all the con yeah, I, Mike's going to go along with the, the 420 I'm not a Pink here. Floyd fan at all, but I do like Piper at the Gates of Dawn. I do like Sid Barrett, actually, for some reason. I just, I just always like that record. And um, I'm just glad you didn't play The Wall. That's all. Right. Dark Side of the Moon. Um, but, you know, so anyway, I'm going to play more of these guitar sounds and guitar solos I wanted to today. But we're sort of jumping all over the place here, so uh, I think maybe something from Maiden Poland is in order. That's got some guitar solos on yeah, it. Yeah, it does. Yeah, but I don't know if we want to get too crazy. Plenty here. of guitar solos. Yes.
machine and serving lots of cola. Dying of brain disease. Why am I a rave master? I keep the rages clean. The mortal gladiator never escapes with strength. I'm born to guide the wages. Below the future pain. Why am I a rave master? My mother was a shame. She felt the flash when coming a thousand miles away. Besides the ending was great there. That Jesus. was a death machine from uh, 2009 South by Southwest. We were out there uh, for that big festival, which incidentally was also canceled yes. by Corona this year. Oh man, everything about that I liked except for that last piece. All of, we all fell apart Boing. completely. Yeah, that that bass note was great too. By the way, <laughs> yeah, I'll send the song out. Boom. Um, 
boing is right. But no, that that had a great energy, man. Harry Cantwell on drums. And that was a two thousand nine South by Southwest. Okay, yeah. and the other song, uh, Shake Down at the Six, was from Poland. That was on that was from the Maiden Poland uh, album, which we did in Warsaw uh, in two thousand and eleven, I think. And I, <laughs> I had a, <laughs> I know Yasek won't remember this if he <laughs> uh, is listening, is that I wanted to call that album something very silly. I wanted to call it, no, he was asking us what we wanted to call the record. And the idea I came up with was War-Saw. And I wanted to have, because it was, you know, it was live in Warsaw, and I wanted to have a barbarian on the front cover a drawing of a barbarian holding a saw like he was like you know in war the saw you know what kind of saw like a chainsaw war saw or or any kind of saw but like he's like a shield and he's this barbarian fighting but he's got a saw in his hand war saw you know and (laughs) i don't think yasek liked that idea very much so we called it made in poland so you can see the front of the cover of the record looks like thin lizzie's live and dangerous because the idea would be to do a double live album um that's sort of the I think that's sort of the model that we went for. So, hey man, you got to give up to that dude for believing in us. <laughs> it's a nice looking record to yeah. bring us over there and make this masterpiece of an album for us, <laughs> yeah. documenting a point yeah. in our life that uh, would be forgotten otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. If only Robert Plant weren't playing in downtown Warsaw that night, we would have oh, had more people. Oh man, he Remember took that? our whole crowd. Yeah, he did. It's either Glenn Hughes or Robert Plant every time. <laughs> man, they screwed us over. You know, so we played some giant. What was that place? Giant theater. It's half full, that you know. The, uh, um, we have the poster great backstage, on the wall. Uh, great backstage catering. Um, smorgasbord they had there. Remember, I, I I didn't sleep the night before, but I made up for it by eating it. Um, so, and then after that, of course, that 2009 in South by Southwest for Death Machine. Where, do you remember what club that was at? I don't. I feel it was like. Emos? There was this time, no, I think there was this time we played there and it was like this tent was covering this outside area and it was like this long no that was that was emos that was that was there were several emos that was when it was uh some radio station from new york and aquarius records were sponsoring the show i think that's where that was 2009 because we played there several years in a row i think we played at 712 the smaller place i don't remember man and then we played at Oh my God! I can't. The, red, so ro- long the ago. red Room. Was that called the Red Room? There, I think there was a place called the Red Room. Yeah. We played there, and then we played Emos. I think it was just three times. And every remember every afternoon, every time we went down there, we played an afternoon show at that place, out on the. The South Congress. North Austin. Yeah, what was that called? I don't remember. We always had to use some weird equipment. We borrow that guy's oh, fe- yeah. '66 Fender combos and, and made all sorts of mistakes. That this is our custom. Is that was pretty cool. Anyway, there's some live stuff for you on yeah, Guitar 420 Day. We're going to play some more uh, guitar rock that play I... Some hot jams. Some this stuff some I ripped off, you know. But Adrian has some uh, Icarus Witch, is it? Yes, yeah, a band called Icarus Witch on Cleopatra Records. They're uh, a great band. They, um, we played with them before. And <laughs> I remember those in P- Pittsburgh. Aren't they from Pennsylvania? I don't know. I think so. But I know we yeah, played Icarus them other places. We met, we met them in... Yeah, we played with yeah, them. Yeah, I was there. We played with them... 
the guy from Maker a Switch came to our Pittsburgh show last summer, and then we played. I don't remember where. Yeah, we played in Pittsburgh with them, and no, we didn't play uh, in Pittsburgh with them. Didn't we play with, in Pittsburgh? We with played them? somewhere else with them. I think. Yeah. I don't know. Whatever. That was with Sanhedrin. And Icarus Switch opened up. Yeah. It was them. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, okay. In Pittsburgh. Sorry. Yeah, all, yeah, right, yeah. all right, all right, all right. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Maybe it was. This is off the album Goodbye Cruel World. This is Lightning Strikes. <laughs>
Apologies to Icarus Witch for not remembering that that was them uh, playing with us in Pittsburgh this last summer. I, for some strange reason, I remember seeing or talking to the one of the guys from that band and not remembering it. I don't know. Um, yeah, it was Icarus Witch and Sanhedrin and Slaufeg, yeah. like on a Tuesday night, and they were giving away free drinks. Yeah, I just, I, rem- I guess, I remember trying to sleep in, in the van at that, that, uh, that show. Um, for a while, uh, and you know, obviously before, before we went on, and I and I went to the store. There was like a there was like a gas station store uh, right next to the venue. There was like a uh, not a Seven Eleven, but like one of those AM PM like a, you know convenience stores in the gas station. And I was trying to tell you guys, 
how cheap everything was in Pittsburgh. And we're going, everything's really inexpensive here. And, you know, especially in the, the whatever that part of town was we were playing. And it's like, you know, it's just middle of summer. No one cares about anything. And I go into the store. And there were these two girls who were really young who were, like, working there. And one of them was working there. The other one was hanging out with her. They were smoking cigarettes outside and <laughs> sitting there. Yeah, yeah. They were sitting there on the, uh, yeah. Yeah, they were sitting. <laughs> yeah, that that kind of music was playing in the background. And I went inside the store, and uh, one of them was. Uh, she was sitting on the curb, and she was like, "Hey, man, what are you what are you doing? You need something?" And I go, "Well, yeah, I'm gonna get like a something to drink and and some. I remember I got some like tums or something, you know, Tums my stomach right. or whatever, you know, before the show. You gotta get. It. And so I went in. And then I was about to put them on the counter, and she sort of steps up to the door, and she goes, oh, yeah, you can just have that stuff. And I was like, what? And she's like, she's like, yeah, just, just go. Don't worry about it. It's so cheap. It wasn't worth her going inside for. And that's how inexpensive Pittsburgh was. So I, so I, I said, are you sure? I mean, okay, let me give you a dollar. So here, I think I threw a dollar at her or something, and I walked out and went back to the van. Threw and a dollar at her. I was trying her. to explain to Jeff Griffin, who was, our, you know, who was our drummer, that everything was so inexpensive there and the houses around are real cheap. And he said, he was like, yeah, really? And, and then he went in there and came out and was like, hey, they, you're right, it is cheap here. They didn't even charge me. Like, so this girl <laughs> was like sitting outside smoking cigarettes and kind of going, uh, yeah, don't worry about it, you know. It like, giving away the merch. At that show, yeah, the merch. Yeah, giving the merch. <laughs> and, um, Anyway, that was so that was Icarus Witch and then Armored Saint. Yeah, Armored Saint on Canyon Delivery. Yeah. Um, that was off of the um, March of the Saint album, released on Chrysler's Records. It's got a sweet picture of them all riding motorcycles, doing their best man of war. This is, uh, looks like 1984. This came out. You know, when I grew up in L.A., man, in the 80s, this stuff was huge. It was everywhere. Well, wait, where's Armored Saint from? I don't know, but I knew a lot of people remember. that liked them, and they seemed to play a lot. <laughs> yeah. I don't think we've ever... Have we ever played with them? I don't know. I'm looking at this uh, Elf record that we're going to listen to in, in a few minutes. Um, and, I, you know, I have... This is called LA-59, this record. And uh, I have three... Or no, two or three Elf records. I guess two. In fact, I don't even know if there are. Wait, how many Elf records are there? I don't, know. There's I don't know. The first one's called Elf, and Ronnie's called Dio is called Ronald. Uh, you know his name, Patavona. That's his real last name on that record. But here he's called Dio. And yeah, it's a compilation of sorts. This? No, no. This is. Is that the same? Well, is that the same track listing? Well, I have a record. No, that the first Elf album uh-huh. is a different record, and then this, I have. Uh, all this same song, same same order, everything called Carolina County Ball, which is the first song on this record, uh, and it has all the same songs. But this one's called LA Fifty Nine, which is the name of the second song. So this version's called LA Fifty Nine. The one I have is called Cal- Carolina County Ball, but it's the same stuff, same same record. And um, anyway, let's play uh, something off of it. Now. Well, and then you got all these like you got this incredibly young picture looking at Dio young looking picture of Dio and uh, somewhere around this time there was a horrible van accident a van accident? yeah yeah involving these guys where Dio got they got injured one guy got hurt really bad or something and 
I don't think anybody got killed, but uh, yeah, they had a really bad van slide or whatever, and Dio got some kind of minor injury, and then pretty soon he was in Rainbow, so anyway, I do like this record a lot. I'm always afraid of that stuff, man, because it's yeah, like when, I will, you're on yeah. the, when you're on the road for that much time, you know, and you're like touring just a good for weeks and weeks and months and months. Chance that something will happen, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it just raises the risk of everything, you know. Yeah, we've never had any accidents, have we? No. I backed into a BMW one time in Portland. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I remember that was that was very, very minor, but I remember that. Yeah, I yeah. bent the license plate, and the guy was so upset. Oh, my God. We were trying to unpack. We were yeah, trying I, to, I do remember. We, like, pulled up okay, to... Okay, so we had a minor... We had incident, a, a minor yeah. snafu. Have there been any other? No, that's that was about it. Um, well, there was the time that, well, we had a lot of run-ins with the cops, like when you were drinking a beer in Richmond, Virginia, with the doors open. Yeah, that was And fun. I said, hey, uh, we shouldn't do that. And we didn't realize we were parked in front of a police precinct. And they got us up against the wall, or they got us up against the wall, and we were playing with Twisted Tower Dire, and they, we had not seen them yet. They were meeting us in Richmond, and they walk up, and there we all, we're all... Sitting on the curb. Well, we're, no, we were against the wall with our hands behind our back. We weren't even sitting, at that point, we weren't even sitting on the curb yet. <laughs> and they were like, hey, guys, they walk up, like, I remember Tony Taylor, they walk up, and they're like, uh, hey, what's, uh, what's going on? <laughs> and we were like, uh... Welcome to Richmond. You were drinking a beer in the middle of the day, in the van with those double doors open. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that rental. It was van. hot, man. I know, and we had no idea it was right in front of a police. Yeah, precinct. we didn't know. By the well, that's because well, we're from California, so by the time we get to the East Coast, we're like all over the place. What? Wait. What? <laughs> oh, you mean just like? Just yeah, like, like if we're playing shows, <laughs> if we're playing shows and driving across the country, by the time we get to 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 uh, Richmond, Virginia. Or like Raleigh, North Carolina. You know, that's like several days down the line. What the hell do we ever play in Raleigh, North Carolina? <laughs> Didn't we play in Raleigh? I don't think so. Charlotte, but that's Charlotte. Charlotteville's in wait, Charlotte or is it just Charlotte? That's in South Carolina, right? I don't keep track of that's all that this place stuff, where everybody man. yeah was doing that. They were uh, that bar where those guys stay up all night uh, tasing themselves for money. <laughs> Remember that? You're trying to see who can tase themselves at the highest uh, oh, you know, watt voltage or whatever. Remember that? <laughs> I don't remember. We're trying to sleep. You don't? No. Remember that, that shack we used to play where those guys have all these guns and stuff, and they're like in the middle yeah, of the Yeah, yeah, I remember that, that, North, that uh, road house. North or South Carolina. And we're sitting there trying to sleep. They let us sleep there, yet they're staying up all night drinking shots and, and betting on who can tase themselves at a, you know how a taser, I guess, has a, I don't really know, has like a higher, has like a, like a, you know, has like a gauge. I don't you know. Can, let's you try can turn it, it up man. higher or lower, and they're they're going higher and higher, like betting on it. They could they got to tase himself like in the ankle, and I said, ah, and like waking us up in the middle of the night. And anyway, let's try it, man. I'll tase you first. Yeah, I, I, first, you have to find a taser. Yeah. Okay, I'm sure we can all find right. one on Amazon. Anyway, Amazon all right, Prime. All right. So, what are you gonna play? I'm gonna play Ain't It Amazing. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs>
Pardon me, sir. Can I talk to you for a minute? Say, listen, I haven't eaten for a week. Can you give me a dime for a cup of coffee or something? Nah, I ain't got no change. Uh, thank you very much, sir. Thank you. God bless you, sir. Yeah, great. Uh, say, listen, sir. Can, can I talk to you for a minute? Say, listen, listen. My wife's having a baby, and I gotta get her to the hospital. Can you can you give me a dime for a bus fare or something? Yeah. Go, let go, ma'am, will you? Please, sir. Go on, get lost. Uh, well, thank you very much, sir. God bless you, you bald-headed fart. Uh, excuse me, lady. Can I talk to you for a minute? Yeah, lady, come here, come here. No, I'm not gonna hurt you. Come here, come here, lady. Hey, listen, listen, listen. It's my little kid's birthday today, you know, and I don't have any money. Can you lend me a quarter to buy her a little dollar or something, please, lady? Well. Okay, there you are. Oh, thank you very much, lady. Thank you. Say, listen, listen, listen. Come here, come here, come here, lady. Listen, listen, lady. It's, it's, it's my other kid's birthday, too. Uh, uh, can you give me a quarter for the other kid? They're twins, you see, and uh, and I don't have any money to buy them a present or nothing, you see, lady. Please. Okay, here. Oh, gee, thank you very much, lady. Thank you. God bless you, lady. Thank you. Uh, oh, pardon me, sir, 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 you. Yeah, come here, come here, fella. Say, listen, fella. Have you I'm a heard little... the word of God today? Oh, uh, well, that's all right, fella. For it is written, open up your heart and the Lord will come uh, sure, unto sure, you. Sure, sure, partner, sure, I believe you. He I can save you. your soul, sir. Yes, uh, excuse me, partner. You know, hey, before, uh, pardon me, sir, I was can I... all messed up hey, uh... on drugs, but since I found the Lord, now I'm all messed up on the Lord. Yeah, I can see he that. He can now, help you, too. Have you talked to Jesus lately? Oh, sure, sure, sure. I talked to him this morning. He would like to hear from you, sir. Well, I'll tell you what. I'll write him a letter. Listen, I gotta go. For it is written, suffer the little children to come unto me. Yeah, I read that. I read that. For thine is the kingdom of heaven. You don't say. You don't say. Yes, sir. Jesus saves, you know. Yeah, well, I I believe that. I believe that. Sure, sure. sure. I I love him, too. Sure. Yeah. Uh, Excuse me, sir. Say, listen. Come here. Come here, partner. Yeah, you. Come here. Say, listen. I'm Father Damien. I'm collecting for the missionary church over in the over in the islands. I wonder if you can give me a quarter, sir. Please. Thank you very much, sir. Hey, gee, thank you. Jesus loves you, sir. Jesus loves you. Uh, pardon me, sir. Have you heard the word of God lately? Yeah. Say, listen. Jesus loves. Oh, thank you very much, sir. Thank you. Oh, sir. Hey, let's. Hey, have you heard the word of God lately? Come here. A little bit of that big bamboo, Cheech and Chong stuff. Cheech and Chong. <laughs> So that somewhere in there was Cheech Marin. We just don't know which voice he was or something. Yeah, he did a couple of different voices on yeah, there. That's, uh, that's 420. This is off the you. Big Bamboo record that came out in, oh uh, gosh, 1972. Oh, God, really? Yeah, Cheech and Chong put out this album. Uh, I, I mean, they did stuff, what? They even did stuff in the, when did they start doing stuff, Cheech and Chong? In the 70s or is it even the 60s? I, mean, I don't know, man. They've been doing Because the movies I've seen are all like 1979 time. and stuff like that. We used to watch that movie Up in Smoke when uh, I remember at, at Trackworks there's a there's a um, a VHS tape of that in that remember that room he has up <laughs> yeah, there remember that room he has above the yeah we were making records with Justin Weiss at Trackworks in South San Francisco Cheech and Chong movies he has like a bunch of these you know heavy metal and Cheech and Chong and all this stuff up in this room above the control room and we would go up there when someone else is doing you know recording or whatever or you know one of us recording and the other guys would go up there and I remember during we talked about this a few weeks ago during 9/11 when the, uh, the actual day of 9/11. Yeah. Um, we didn't know. You know, I was like, well, should we go record or what are we gonna do? You're right next to the airport. Or, uh. So I called Justin. He's like, yeah, come, you know, let's, let's do it. So I went down there, and, and then he was mixing some stuff, and and I was up in that room trying watching Cheech and Chong's Up in Smoke just to distract myself because it was so freaky what was going on. Um, <laughs> I watched that movie like five times in that room. 
And and yeah, uh, that was uh, once again that was Dio with uh, Elf. There uh, we we remembered something that he played bass for that band. He did, um, but not on that record. But on the first record, I think he did, and he definitely did live. Uh, and that's kind of hard to imagine in a way. But he played bass, um, and then he also played bass. Uh, believe it or not, in Black Sabbath when... Uh, really? Yeah, yeah, when he joined, um, Geezer bailed, like, either right before Dio came on board, or I don't know what happened, but there was a moment there when they were writing the songs for Heaven and Hell, uh, when they were practicing in some basement or garage or something, uh, in that house Black Sabbath had in, like, Beverly Hills, and Geezer bailed for like a few weeks he's like i'm not going to do this or uh, and uh it was just bill ward he went on a bender you well, <laughs> uh, you know they got rid of ozzy and then he decided he didn't want to do it for a minute or i don't know what happened but i remember tony iomi and uh dio talking about this that uh they were like practicing for for a, a little bit you know a few practices at least as a three-piece with dio on bass and that now that'd be that'd be pretty awesome to <laughs> get some footage of that or find some uh find some tapes of that yeah, but like what does he play because some of that stuff's hard to play and sing well i don't think they were they were writing the songs for heaven and hell oh, oh so they're they doing writing. like you know i mean children of the sea or something like that you know and yeah it Dio, wouldn't be that bad. you know could could handle his own in the bass so they they were like okay i don't think they were planning to do it that way permanently but just because uh, we haven't seen geezer for a while doesn't mean we can't keep writing songs well geezer no geezer w- had bailed and then he came back and uh, you know back into the fold I don't, know, I don't know what happened yeah Anyway, um, I got a, one or two more things to play. So do you probably. So yeah. what do you want to play? This is um, there's a band called uh, Spiders from Mars that <laughs> was put together by the bass player from, from the David Bowie Spiders, um, uh, Trevor Boulder. He was, uh, he was the Spiders bass player with David Bowie and all that stuff. And then when they all got fired... He put together this band, uh, called it the Spiders from Mars. It's got um, Pete McDonald on vocals, Woody Woodmansey on drums, Dave Black on the guitar, and Trevor Boulder on the bass. It's got some groovy stuff on it. Let's take a listen. This one is uh, it's called Red Eyes. Yeah. 
Strange uh, juxtaposition of songs there. Uh, yeah, but I love that. Who's produced <laughs> that? <Twister> do. <laughs> I got that album uh, around the time it came out, I guess. I'm not sure. 85? No, wait. Yeah, maybe 85. It was before that, I think. It's from the Metal Circus album Metal on no, uh, no, no. SST. Metal Circus. That's what it says. Metal Circus. Oh, that is. Me- wait. It says Metal Circus. It's not an right album. It's like a, it's like a EP. Yeah, yeah. Um, metal Circus. It is Metal Circus, and uh, yeah, I don't know the name of it, but uh, I don't listen to that in a really long time, like over twenty years for sure. It's a British import. It is. No, I yeah. didn't know that either. I just I used to listen to it when I was a teenager, and uh, it's kind of the f- one of the first. Well, that's the first band to do that guitar style, I think. That kind of open, crazy, like. Uh, you know, a bunch of bands took that up in the '90s. That style. Uh, Rights of Spring was another band that did that. That kind of guitar of style. What's that? But that came. You don't know Rights of Spring? No. It was a Discord band. You know, DC, a Minor Threat la- uh, label. Oh. You know. um, yeah, Rights of Spring was was pretty popular. Uh, in fact, Rights of Spring. Well, the guy Guy Picciato or whatever his name was. Uh, he he formed uh, Fugazi with Ian. McKay, right? Ah. I think. Yeah, I don't. I don't like Fugazi at all. So I don't really. I think that guy. Yeah, I just, I'm pretty sure that guy was in Fugazi. That's how ignorant I am about that I stuff. I remember the concept of like Fugazi being cool, but then when I saw them play a couple I times, I was like, man. Some people loved him, or whatever. But I, I wasn't. I wasn't a big Discord guy. I liked Minor Threat. I, um, I liked Rights of Spring. Uh, but anyway, Rights of Spring was a band that had that same guitar style, a similar guitar style, sort of that open kind of. Lots of strumming, but hmm. like sort of, you know, punk. I'll check it out. And, uh, no, it's I'll bring I'll bring it down here. And we'll play yeah. it. Someday. It's uh, it's pretty cool. There's, There's a lot of it's it's sort of also the rights of that that rights of spring album I have is sort of the beginning of emo. Apparently, people trace emo back to that single source. Oh, or some really? people do. I'm not an expert on that either. You're not an expert on emo. But it's like he's they play sort of a similar guitar style as that. It's very chaotic and sort of sloppy sounding in a good way. And there's all sorts of crazy open sounding guitar stuff open chord stuff but then he sings in this really like it's a super rock ah! sound like he's just in he's really emotional and it's you know so anyway Su- super rock style man super rock it. yeah yeah this was um on SST 
SST yeah. number 020 says it was recorded and mixed at Total Access Studios yeah, in Redondo Beach, made. California, December of 1982. It's 82? 1982. Okay. Wow. So I didn't get it when it came out. I got it years after it came out. Mastered three, three. at K-Disc in Hollywood. K-Disc. Yeah. Like, I've never seen that before, but it totally sounds like something that total was... Total Access. It's the cheap mastering plant in Hollywood back in the 80s. Yeah, K-Disc. All those uh, Black Flag albums and everything were made down there. <laughs> um, well, I was way more, as far as the Discord scene in D.C., I was way more into the Southern California hardcore scene. Uh, even though I was living closer to D.C., I, I, I liked, like I said, I liked Minor Threat. I liked Rights of Spring, but I... But... Uh, I felt like that scene was too, I wasn't really that political. I was more introspective in my hardcore uh, days. So I liked the, you know, black introspective flag. Introspective hardcore. I particularly like black flag, but also the circle jerks, Hooster do. Um, and then the later. Uh, I mean, that's kind of where you and I connect on certain things that we grew up with. And there's a lot, not a lot of similar things that we actually grew up with, but that kind of stuff we did, you know? Yeah, I, I, we, I, I was a. Uh, Particularly the, the later, the stuff that came out of Oxnard, like uh, like Dr. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's a bunch of stuff down there. And then, uh, anyway. Yeah. I never saw Dr. No, man. Oh, man, I played, well, I told you that. I, yeah, I, yeah. We opened, my, my band opened for him in 1986. It was it was pretty awesome. Uh, Kyle Toucher. And it was when, it was This Island Earth. That album came out. In fact, when we played with them, I was 16. And we, it was really exciting for all of us. Uh, Heart of Darkness, my band, 1986. And we, we uh, Dr. No came to our hometown, played on the Penn State campus. And we, we got them, the radio station that uh, one, the, one of the guitar players in that band, in Heart of Darkness, uh, was able to, to um, get money to, to give these bands small guarantees. So we got Dr. No. And he got Dr. No to come, actually, to Penn State. And, uh, of course, we opened for him. And when they got there, I remember we had bought the record, This Island Earth, and Kyle Toucher hadn't seen it yet. It had just come out. Oh, that's out, cool. And he bought it, so we got to show him his own record. Oh, and he that's was like, cool. oh, cool. And then... Where uh, is that record? Oh, the one that... I mean, I have the record, but we... we that I did the copy that I have was not the one we showed him, but I, I bought oh. it later. But my uh, Tony, the guy who started the band, he bought the record. They, hey, Tony Carbozzi. Tony, yeah, Tony Carbozzi. Yeah. <laughs> Tony Anthony Allen, the guy from, uh, oh, the guy from uh, Chesty Malone, the Slice Most. Oh yeah, there, yeah, yeah, which was featured in a couple episodes. That's ago. right. And uh, but um, but I digress. Uh, so that night, I remember Kyle uh, Toucher got really sick. He got a, like a bad cold, a fever and stuff. And uh, he stayed at one of my friend's houses and uh, was just miserable. But the bass player, his name, I believe his name is Ishmael, hmm. stayed up all night talking to everybody and partying. And Kyle's like lying behind his couch, like hurting. You know, it was pretty sad. And, <laughs> but we partied anyway, you know. So of course, you know, doctor, no. Uh, of course. Anyway, um, so we're probably going to wrap this session up here anything else you want to uh, add to the uh, um yeah the, um, this is this is going to be um the week that we would have been traveling to germany to play keep it true but we are not going there because of the coronavirus and we're staying home we are uh we are distancing we are currently six feet away from each other 
even though it's More hard than that, actually. It, it's hard to resist though <laughs> like um, 15 <laughs> but um, we're staying home we're doing our thing we're trying to stay safe and we're hoping that you enjoy uh, episode 5 um, season one of our Slough Fig Radio, and uh, hope may- maybe you stay in tune this weekend. Um, that would have been Keep It True. They're doing a stream of all the bands have made them videos so that they can stream during the time that the bands would have been playing during the festival. And it's a really cool thing that uh, their organization is doing, and it's a it's really sad that so many people who spend so much time and money to support the metal scene and um, bring bands from all around the world to the masses and beer and sausages you know I mean right beer and sausages and metal well, they bring and them to the yes yeah, not it's not sort of yeah it's not to the masses necessarily because yeah, the big festivals are but the cool thing about keep it true is it is really is called that because it is a underground festival. So it's not this; uh, it's not a massive outdoor affair, uh, and it doesn't have that kind of uh, support really. So that's why it's more tragic that it's getting canceled for Oliver because he he puts everything into it himself, and it's uh, I mean it's an indoor festival. It's not even you know it's not like it's not even what several thousand people each year. I think it's but amazing. It's not huge. Uh, it's not a There's huge online. person. It's not like Vakken or, or you But know, if you tune Dynamo in to the Keep It True so stream this coming weekend, then there will be a uh, video that we um, put together with some unreleased footage from back in the day. And uh, it'll be really cool. And we're going to be doing other things in coming weeks. Last words, Mike? Oh, yeah. I'm going <laughs> to... This next song, uh, this is kind of an incongruous series of songs, I will admit. Um, guitar solos, 420 stuff, whatever. But I, I just wanted to point out that on this song, I think this is sort of the template for every solo I've ever done, this next song we're going to play. <laughs> In fact, you may recognize that every solo I do sort of sounds very similar. Um, sort of just bends high on the B string and then goes down below and goes... Well... There's a reason for that, um, for better or for worse. Almost every guitar solo on any Slowpeg album for I better, do for better, is trying to imitate Brian May's solo on uh, Queen on on this song "Dragon Attack," because when I first heard this, I think I was I was very young, and by the time I was playing guitar, I remember listening to it constantly in like eighth grade, uh, even though it came out I don't know, and and I was like that solo just stuck in my head and uh i'm constantly trying to imitate it fail as i may to sound fail as i may sound like fail as you may May. um doing the solo for dragon attack so you might listen to this and go oh my god all he's ever doing is ripping off that solo and that's that'd be very true in fact i'll take i'll i'll uh you know i'll take it yeah brian may's a guitar hero man (laughs) but just this one solo yeah all right, well, once, again, once again, thanks for listening to yeah. Slough Fag Radio, and uh, we'll see you on the other side.